Like we want to make an impact, don't we? I mean, that's what we're here for. We're not here just to go through a routine. I was sitting there thinking, you know, if, if we had a bulletin and it told us exactly what was getting ready to happen, I would feel much more confident. Okay, this song's going to end and then somebody's going to pray and then some guy's going to preach. I would feel way more confident about that. But, like, I'm not... Like, I want to make a bigger impact than what I've made in my first 43 years. And if it calls for me to be uncomfortable, then that's what we're going to have to do. Or at least that's what I'm going to have to do. I had visions, and I've shared this story before with some of our staff and some friends, that like this is where I feel like God is leading me, and I'm going this direction And I may get a mile down the direction and look behind me and see no one else with me. But that's what I feel like God's calling us all to. I want to see, and we, this is known, I want to see like husbands and wives succeeding in life. I want to see like dads I want to see dads taking the lead in their homes. And I don't want it to be weird. And I don't want it to be awkward. And I don't want it, listen, to even be difficult. I want to see wives. I want to see you healthy and whole and confident. We got a student ministry that is doing amazing things. I want to see our teenagers experiencing things of God that you and I may never experience. We've got little children that are over there right now learning about Jesus. And I want to see those children way surpass us as their parents and grandparents. That's my cry. And if I'm just being very honest... I don't know where to start in getting that. I don't know what to do. I don't don't even know what to teach you. Am I even supposed to teach you? And so the only thing that I know to do is what I do. Is I go to the Lord and I say, hey dad, I need a lot of help. And I don't say that with like a poverty mindset or like um, a, a pauper mindset. I know I approach him as my dad with the authority that Jesus has told me like, hey, dad, I need some help here. Like, am I on the right path? Am I even running down the right direction? Am I making this stuff up? Is this a natural yearning that is inside of me that is not coming from you? Because God, if it's not from you, then I don't want it. Are we just creating another box and another structure and another system, ho-hum, that makes no difference in the world? That's my conversation with my dad. Because if we're just making another structure and a system that is going to look like and be like everyone else, then I don't want any part of it. And so I go to God 
And I say, God, I want to see men succeed and these wives healthy. And I want to see husbands and wives making a huge difference in their families, in this community. I want to see our students, even though their faith is tested on an every second basis, I want to see it stand true. And I want to see our children knowing that they have the authority, even at a six years old, that they can lay hands on someone and pray for them, even though they're an adult. I want to see that. And dad, I don't know where to start. That's why I said this week. And here's what he told me. Tell them how much I love them. There's no strategy. I was hoping for three points or something. And dad said, tell them how much I love them. God, that doesn't seem like the right question to ask. God, that doesn't seem like the starting point. That's me coming back to God. That's how we talk. God, that does not seem like the place we need to start really for 2018, this new year. He said, I didn't even know it was a new year. See what I'm saying? The way I think that he is, he actually is not. You know what he told me? And I'm going to probably say something that is going to make you question. Please ask questions to God first and then to my email later. He said to me, you would not even recognize me if I was sitting across from you. I'm in good company. John the Baptist would not have recognized Jesus if the Holy Spirit would not have descended upon him, okay? His radiance and his glory is what I would recognize. But he said, Scott, you wouldn't even recognize me. So where do we start? I'll say this again. He told me to tell you all how much he loves you. See, my starting point, here here we go. Matthew 22. I love mornings like this when the tension is like so high, you can cut it with a knife. A dull one. Actually, your hand just like this. Make that chopping. That's how it feels up here. If you want to know how it feels up here, like, oh, Three heads. I don't care. It's okay. Listen, if God is working in my life, he will work in all of ours. There's nothing special. I've not done something better than you or worse than you. It's just a hunger that doesn't even start because of me. It starts because I am hungry, because the Holy Spirit of God is making me hungry. He will make you hungry. If you will say to him, God, I am hungry for more of what you are about. And he answers, God will never let his children starve. All right. Matthew 22. This is where I would start. This is scripture and it's good stuff. Jesus said it. Why not start here? But the Lord said, no, we can't start here. The Pharisees come to Jesus and they're always trying to catch him. And so In Matthew 22, and I'm just going to pick up in verse 37, Jesus replied to the answer of which is the greatest commandment in the law. Remember, in the law. 
Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And so I'm just going to real quick make a couple bullet points on the screen behind me that some of us want our starting point for making a much bigger impact and being used by God and leading our families and praying over our families and loving our spouses more and being strong students in the face of adversity. We want to start with, I'm just going to start loving God more because Jesus said that that is the greatest commandment. So some of our starting points are that we're just going to love God. Actually, some of us are going, we're going to love him more. And I guarantee you, if I started right over here on this side and worked my way through a couple of hundred people and stopped over here and I asked you not to look on your spouse's paper or talk to anyone about it, but how do you actually in 2018 love God more? How do you do that? How in the world, do you love God more? See, that's where our starting point is for many of us. And, and maybe that's not even your starting point. You don't even have a starting point, but this one sounds like a good starting point. So I'll take that because the preacher said that is the greatest commandment. I tell you, that's not our starting point. Do you know? Now let's, let me just read this before I say anything else. He said this, Jesus said, love the Lord your God, love the Lord your God, let's love God more with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And my question to that, because I'm in a season at 43 years old and saved since 97, baptized in the Holy Spirit a little over four years ago, I am in the mood to ask God a lot of questions. God, how do I do this? Scripture goes on, verse 38, Matthew twenty two thirty eight says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor. And so maybe some of us will think that this new year, since we're going to make a greater impact, we're going to love others more. That's another little bullet point. We're just going to love others. Maybe that's our starting point because we've been in the church. We've been saved for a long time. And I'm, I'm a Christian I'm going to love others more this year. And you fill in the blank for what that looks like. I don't know. Maybe you're going to be more generous with your time, your space, your finances. Maybe you're going to pray more for other people. Maybe you're going to hit the streets and, and we're going to like lay hands on people and we're going to expect miracles. And all of those things are phenomenal. Like I'm signing up for that. But loving others is not our starting point. Let me go quickly for time's sake this morning. The second is like it, love your neighbor. And then the third player in this sin is, is yourself. Maybe that's where we need to start. That's what the world would tell you. The world will tell you to love yourself. Let's get in shape. Let's eat nothing but meat. But then the other part of the world will tell you to eat only nothing but vegetables. The world is going to tell you always to love yourself because the ruler of this world is the enemy who hates you and does not want you connected to what I'm going to share with you in a second. And he knows, the enemy knows that if you will strive to love yourself, it will always lead you void and empty and wanting more 
of something that is actually not there. There is no gold at the end of the rainbow, my friends. Loving yourself is not the starting point. You see, let's go back to loving God more. If we try to love God more, if we think that it is something that we do, so we've had questions. Why do you say religion is such a bad thing? Listen, religion is not a bad thing if it is rooted and grounded in God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Christianity is a religion that is based off of Jesus Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit. It's not a bad thing. But what has happened is religion has told us that it is about what we can do, how we can perform, and it is a lot more about rules and regulations. And again, the cliche is then it is about a relationship. You see, if we try to love God more, if we leave here and the only thing that we heard was we've got to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, we're going to leave frustrated. And we're going to wake up tomorrow, God, I've got to do something to love God more. But I'll be honest with you, I just don't know what that is. That leads to frustration. I don't want to see a show of hands. But I guarantee you, in some of your lives, over your Christian journey, you have been more frustrated by God than you feel like you're loved by Him. So it's not love God more, it's... Our starting point is not go out here and try to serve the world and save the world and love the world and treat them as ourself. It's not even to love ourselves. So here's the starting point. God said to tell you how much he loves you. And in my notes, I just wrote it down this way. We must first receive the love of the Father. That's where we have to start. If we're wanting to make a change and impact, if we're wanting to be Jesus, if we're wanting to see things different in the new season than what we've seen or experienced, we've got to first receive the love of the Father. And you say, well, that, that's okay. Let's do that. But here's where I struggle. And maybe you guys have this and maybe I need to hand this off and you need to tell me. But here's where I struggle. I struggle in receiving things. I struggle in receiving gifts. I want to see a show of hands. How many of you would rather give something to someone else? Raise your hand. How many of you, you can put them down, how many of you, when you go to dinner with someone, unless it's a really expensive restaurant, and then you hope the people that are with you are richer than you are. But if you go to a restaurant, would you rather buy someone else's meal or have them buy your meal? If you want to buy their meal, raise your hand. Let me see the cheapskates in here. How many of you would rather, I'm kidding. But there's a vast majority, 80% of you want to give something. 
80% of you want to buy someone else's meal. You know why? Because somewhere at an age, and I don't know what that age is, as children, as children, we are wanting just the opposite, aren't we? It's not the age, it's like 16 still receiving. I got a 16-year-old. I mean, he's wanting, wanting, wanting. Daddy, can I drive your car? Not because I like your car. I mean, it's a 99 Toyota Avalon. It's a piece of junk, but I don't have any gas in my truck. So I need you to give me gas in my truck. And he has no problem receiving. So maybe it's 18. I don't know. Some of you parents who have older children, you may say, Scott, you're screwed. It's 30. (laughs) In my case, it may be like 43. I have a dear friend of mine who... um, has made me and my wife, my family, a table. It's amazing. I'll show you a picture of it one of these days when it's done. I mean, it's unbelievable. Man hours, driving to go get the wood, putting it together. It's amazing. I went over to his workshop yesterday to look at it. My wife started crying. She did not even cry when we had our four children And I'm going to tell you, I struggle with receiving a gift like that. Like, you know, I was honest. I'm like, I, I, I don't know how I can take this. I know that the word of God tells me that I am worthy to receive gifts like that. But I'm going to be honest, it's hard. And the Lord just in just 24 hours, he said, Scott, if you have difficulty letting someone pay for your meal, how how in the world do you receive my love? If you struggle when someone wants to give you a gift, a table, Scott, I gave you my son Jesus to show you how much I love you. If I struggle receiving a material thing from man, how, how, God, I struggle with receiving your love. And I'm just having to admit that. And what I'm wanting to create as we move forward is a place, an environment where you can be honest with God and yourself too. There are many of us in this place, I'm not the only one, who struggle with receiving the love of our Father. There's a lot of variables in play, and I'm not going into those this morning. You and God are going to go into those probably this morning and much beyond that this morning. So he told me to tell you that he loves you and that he wants you to receive his love. But Scott, what about all the sin? What about all this stuff that's in my life? 
comes this part. I don't feel worthy. I, I don't feel like I can. I've done some things recently. <clears throat> I'm actually <clears throat> doing some things right now that I need to do something about those. I need to do something about those before I can actually get to a place where I can receive his love. So thanks for the message this morning. I'll work on that this week and come back next Sunday, maybe where I can receive. I don't ever do this, ever. I hate this, but I'm getting ready to do it. I'm not going to focus on the sin this morning. I am going to actually focus on that next week. I'm going to talk about sin next week. I don't care if you don't come back. I'm going to talk about sin next week. And if you know somebody who has been hurt by the church or other Christians like me, I ask you to this week invite them to come listen to what God is saying about sin. Okay? I am never going to go tell you or get on Instagram or Facebook and hype a Sunday morning up and tell you, invite all your friends. I actually hate that. But this Sunday, if the church or a Christian like me has hurt someone that you're close enough to that you could have a conversation and say, hey, listen, I don't know what this dude's up to, but God's speaking to him and I know that the church has hurt you and wronged you, and rightfully so, you've probably got a scar. Could you just maybe like, let's just get in the presence of God Sunday morning together and see what happens. If you know somebody who doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, and you feel comfortable enough asking them, hey, this guy, I don't know, he's off his rocker, man. He is going to talk about sin, and he wants like, me to invite you to church. Probably going to, and leaders, staff, hold me to this, I am never going to probably make a public declaration of inviting your friends to church. I feel like this is of the Lord. So if you have a relationship, don't go just that. I mean, you can ask if you want to, but they're probably going to say no. But if you have a relationship with someone who struggles with sin and thinks that their sinful lifestyle has separated or disqualified them from the love of God, the father, dad, just say, hey, I don't know what he's up to, but would you want to come sit for an hour, I'll take you to lunch afterwards and let them buy your lunch (laughs) and see how difficult it is to receive. Now, the only thing I want to say about sin here this morning is a question that I'm pushing to you. I just want you to ponder this this week. Which is greater in your life? Your sin Or Jesus' cross? Which one's more powerful to you? If you want to start in starting place, Hebrews 10, and study that this week. If you're a Christian in this room, your answer has to be that Jesus' cross is more powerful than sin. Maybe we've just never looked at it that way.
And I'll just say this, we don't have to sin. We don't have to choose sin. That went over well. (laughs) Hey, guys, I'm meeting you on the green room after the service. Somebody else is preaching. Oh, my goodness. The Lord told me to tell you that he loves you. 1 John chapter 4. I'm no longer... Maybe I'll sing. Andy, that was actually good, wasn't it? Jared, I make it so difficult on you to put any of my messages online, don't I? It's not a performance. For some reason, God has predestined me, chosen me, called me out, and said, in this time and space, I am going to tell you these things. I, don't, I didn't go asking for this, guys. And the people who are, like, are higher ups, they can remove me from this at any time. And I can go flip burgers, but God is going to continue to tell me the same thing. And if somebody wants to have a hamburger and a large fry and listen to me talk to them about God things, I'm going to do it. I don't talk about God things just because I'm a preacher. I actually don't even want that title. See, there's nothing different between me and you. The same authority that I speak in confidence with, you also can speak. What I am learning, you also can learn. I'm not special. Newsflash, I actually sinned probably this week. Now, my wife knows exactly what it was. I don't, because I'm not aware of it. No, that's that's not a joke. I probably sinned this week. And if that offends some of you, I'm sorry. I probably sinned this week. And God still loves me so much that he speaks to me on a daily basis, even though I sinned this week. And I'm not going to talk about sin anymore. But I just need you to know something. (coughs) The answer is right in front of us. For us to make a difference in this little environment, it is for us to be activated under the authority of the Holy Spirit and in Jesus' name to go infiltrate in Jesus' name our workspaces. We don't have to do anything else other than know that we're loved. And out of that flows rivers of life. So your starting point is don't love God more. You'll get to that. It's not go do acts of service and love your neighbor. Listen, you'll get to that. It's definitely not love yourself. It's just be loved by God. Be loved by God. By the Father. Receive His love for you. And I hope 
that many of you right now are asking the question, well, how do I do that? Can I answer that in a second? 1 John chapter 4. Let me just read some scripture. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. If you're looking for it anywhere else, you will only find yourself exhausted, frustrated, and disappointed. Did you hear that? If you're looking for that anywhere else, you will only find yourself frustrated, exhausted, and greatly disappointed. This isn't in my notes. But there are many things that we have built in our lives just like the Israelites in the Exodus when they built the golden calf. Hey, God, will you please expose those things to us so that we can no longer look to them as our God? The golden calf will not bring you the love of the Father. The church will not bring you the love of the Father. The preacher will not bring you the love of the Father. A good bank account will not bring you the love of the Father. That person will not bring you the love of the Father. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on to the point where we are being killed by the onslaught of our golden calves that we have set up to bring us what only the Father can bring us. For the love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8. Whoever does not love God does not know God because God is love. And then this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that he might live through him. That we might live through him. And then listen to this, verse 10. This is love. Big word coming up next. Not love God more. And I'm going to just put something in here. Not go love others more. Not love yourself more. It's impossible for us to love God more unless we know and receive the love of the Father. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And you can read on. Read this whole chapter today if you'd like. For time's sake, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. I'm going to say this again. You cannot love God more. You cannot love others more and you definitely cannot love yourself more unless you first know and receive the love of the Father. The reason some of us give up 
The reason some of us are so angry with God, the reason some of us are so frustrated, confused, is because we're trying to do all these things that are good things that we preach and the Bible talks about, but we've never allowed God to first love us. Man. And so the question that I hope everybody's asking is how do I receive? How do I let God love me first? How do I take? Because God, it's easier to run out there and read my Bible and pray and do all these nice things for people. It's easier to do that. How do I receive your love? And I can't tell you that answer. I know you hate me right now. I do not tell you how much my dad loves you. I cannot tell you how much the father loves you. I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how much God thinks of you. Now, I can tell you how much he thinks of me. Do you want to hear that? I am his favorite child. But so are you. I am highly favored. But so are you. I can go on and tell you what my dad has told me about me. I cannot tell you how much God loves you. I can't do it. And then he said, after he told me to tell you how much he loves you, after he told me to tell you that he loves you, you know what he told me to do? Shut up and let them listen. And so right now, Probably going to be a little longer and more awkward than you think. Scott, I've never heard God. What a wonderful morning to hear for the very first time. If I was you, I'd get your phone out or a pen and paper out. And over these next few minutes, I would write down what you hear God say about you. So on the screen, it's going to be one sentence prayer. This is where we start. 